and then uh, you folks can let me know who's first. Meeting my managers. <laughs> Joseph has her hand, his hand up. Go ahead, Joseph. First, uh, Happy New Year, everyone. And, and my question is, what is the middle path mentioned by Buddha? What is the middle path? Uh... We'll need a week-long retreat for that. Um, uh, um, but yes, um, thank you for asking that. Um, I appreciate it because I do tend to just kind of mention Dharma bits and then not into their fullness. Um, yeah, so the, the Buddha awoke to these four ennobling truths or four noble truths the first being uh, the truth of dukkha that there is part of this life experience is the pain of um, aging sickness death sorrow grief lamentation not getting what we want, not getting rid of what we don't want. In short, clinging to this idea of who I am. And he also saw that there is um, a cause of that clinging, or of that dukkha, and the, and the cause is tanha, craving, that we spoke about briefly. And the third noble truth is that no I've got that <laughs> backwards this the seeing that there's a cause means that there can also be an ending if we take away the conditions or the cause for something to arise then then it won't arise so having seen the the cause of dukkha, understanding, oh, it's possible to remove that cause and dukkha won't arise. And then the fourth noble truth is, as you're pointing to, Joseph, the path, the way, the middle way, the eightfold noble path. And this is our undertaking, <laughs> vast undertaking. And um, much too much to go into detail with, but um, it's comprised of virtue, ethics, the morality that we started with, which includes um, awareness of our speech, so uh, a deep understanding of what is wise speech and what is wise action, how to not cause harm. It, it also covers um, wise livelihood, how we, how we respond in the world. And wise intention of, uh, you know, what we talked about last night, what intentions, what resolve are we bringing into the world to guide our actions, 
our thought, our speech, our actions. <clears throat> and then it's, there's a, an a aspects that refer to the practice of wise mindfulness. How, what are the skillful ways to practice stabilizing and calming the mind and, and then concentration? And also equanimity of, like we talked about, being in the center of the eye of the storm, seeing all this coming and going, and having some steadiness amidst the waves of life. So there's, there's infinite, infinite depths to be plumbed in this middle path, but basically it's our incredible guidebook of how to be skillful and how to <clears throat> move through this life experience in a way that could bring the ending of suffering in short <laughs> yes So what's showing up for people now in the practice this morning? What challenges are here? What insights? Thank you, Linda. You can go now. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask a question about um, a perception that uh, that I have. <clears throat> I I am a, a daily practitioner, and um, and I've been practicing a long time. Um, and my um, a view that. Uh, is there for me very often is one of, um, you know, you call it the swirling mind, which I'm very familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do tend to think of it as madness, you know, the human kind of um, folly that um, I see watching, watching uh, my mind uh, in these patterns and loops um, over and over, uh, even as I continue to re-anchor. And I, I do make the connection between that madness, in French it might be la folie furieuse, like this furious folly, um, and, you know, the, the world around us and that uh, kind of, yeah, the crazy world that we live in. So, and... I wanted to just maybe get feedback on seeing it that way. I mean, it it is something quite uh, negative, um, but I do think of it as as madness, and I keep coming back to that, kind of watching my madness and the madness of the world. And uh, I'm wondering if that's really quite a negative uh, refrain, and and um, yeah, if if um, 
if I if I should work to attenuate it or transform it or yeah that's my question <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> it's interesting that you had that sense um let me see if I can find you on my screen here so I can kind of look at you while we're talking here you are I'm just gonna drag you over to where I can see <laughs> okay uh Yes, I appreciate that you had that sense with the, you know, the little little addition to your question there. Is it a bit, is it a bit harsh? It's very negative, right? And and that's I would um, concur. <laughs> See what it's like to have a little more levity with it. That. Uh, because there's such a, there's an aversion, it sounds like, in, in the wording of your question, in the way you're naming it and saying, oh, this, you know, furious folly. And yes, there's truth to that. The, the, just seeing the, like, oh my gosh, absolutely incessant commentary on life that's happening and all of its habits of judgment etc and yeah we could see how uh, painful this is and I, I hear that in your description of it it's like really seeing like this is so painful so not not helpful and hmm, it feels like there's a real some aversion to it in 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 calling it madness or hmm, that it's just it could be a little lighter like oh my <laughs> these conditioned hearts and minds and bodies they move this way sometimes ah because if there's any pushing that's dukkha if there's an aversion to it, right there is dukkha. Does that make sense? And and it's just a conditioned arising. It's not always so. It's impermanent. It's unsatisfactory and it's not you. It's not who you are. It's not me. It's not mine. It's not always there. So I would check out being a little lighter with it. Like instead of, it also sounds pretty heady. So you could ask yourself, when you notice the sensation of restlessness, the sensation of the mind picking up into a swirl, what does that feel like in the body? You know, if your anchor was with the breath, do you, do you usually anchor with the breath, Linda? I do, yeah. Whereabouts? Where, where's your anchor? Uh, usually at the 
at the uh, nose and mouth. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it, yeah, I, I do have that practice of, of taking it down to the navel mm-hmm. um, to ground. Mm. So, so I, yeah, I, I, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> rather than taking it down to the navel, there already is some movement there in the belly. When the belly is relaxing, you know, not to pull the attention there, but just give time to let the, you know, that open attention, you're just sitting, just relaxing, noticing the sensations of the swirling thoughts and energy. And then at some point, you know, we just rest down, rest with the breath. Even if it's very subtle in the belly, you could take maybe two or three slightly deeper breaths, feel some movement there. I think having the anchor up here is kind of a heady energy. So uh, try for a little while to see what it's like to rest with the breath in the belly. So that when the thoughts pick up into that swirl again, you can feel it as a bodily sensation. Not, not saying, oh, there goes the furious folly again or the madness, but just like, oh, I can feel like the energy rising up and out and off into whichever nether regions. And then at some point, awareness happens, notices, and softly rests again with the breath. So there isn't a pushing away or a judging of the quality of the thoughts. Does that sound resonant? Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I can feel that attenuation in in what you're saying. I think I, I may also need to, because it is a, I guess it is a form of noting or observation um and of this um mirroring of the world and my mm-hmm. um mind and maybe i need to change the label to something more i mean i think there is quite a lot of accuracy in the madness which is why it's sticky for me mm-hmm. um but uh but there's yeah, also, to, to choose something lighter, I think. Maybe. Yeah, because there's also incredible beauty in the mind, creativity, wonderment, remembering, imagining, not to vilify the mind. What a, what an amazing thing. And we're training, training the mind, not vilifying it. Just noting, oh, it's like this right now. And then we begin again. Come to the body. Yeah, just let go of a little bit of the aversion to it. And it can be a little bit lighter, like, like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
questions or reflections that are showing up for you? Sorry, could you say that again, Gagan? Any questions or reflections anyone else would like to share? Okay. Uh, there's one that came in a direct message to me. Um, one of the challenges that I've faced since the beginning of the retreat is wa mind wanting to be in the doing, in action, instead of to be in the being. I feel like drawing the line between motivation or drive and being is hard for me. It's either one or the other, rarely both at the same time. How can I be in the doing and being at the same time? You are already. <laughs> you are already in both the doing and being. They're both co-arising. So the mind wanting to be in the doing, in action instead of in the being. It's interesting. Drawing a line. There isn't a line. Um, <laughs> and there's a response. Thanks. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> See it as a bodily sensation again. Just check out. You know, what is this perception of being or doing? Like, just feel the energy of the mind wanting to <clears throat> pull into other spheres of doing. And then we are drawing a line like, now I'm being. And uh, it's all co-arising in this same incredible complex system. Just watch it as another wave of arising and passing. Just while other questions are arising or comments, I'll share uh, a bit more of what Upasaka Kinanyan uh, said about um, our practice. What we're looking for comes from letting things go through seeing their inconstancy, stressfulness, and not-selfness. We were talking about this last night. It's now applying the vipassana, the insight, to see that all of these arisings and passings, mind states, breath, sensations, etc., are coming and going. And these three characteristics of all things are inconstant and therefore they are stressful because we can't, um, you know, the grasping of trying to get rid of something is a misperception that it's permanent. Even these mind states we're talking about, it's a misperception to see it as some permanent thing that I need to get rid of. And to see, these are not separate things, impermanence, stressfulness or unreliability, dukkha, and 
is not me and mine. It's interconditioned. It's not who I am. Um, she goes on to say, <laughs> she's a little bit, she's quite strong in her meditation instructions. She says, and then you have to keep hammering away at this point over and over again. There's no need to pay attention to any other matters. For the more things you take on, the more the mind is thrown into turmoil. You see this? We're trying to figure things out. Get rid of this, control this. The more things you take on, the more the mind is thrown into turmoil. Focus on one matter, one thing, and keep observing it until it's clear in the mind. The moment it's clear to the mind is when the mind will be able to loosen its grip. It will be able to let go. Even just this is enough for extinguishing the suffering and stress of day-to-day life. You don't need to go reading or studying a lot of things. Simply study the mind from this angle. It's arising and passing away. Just this. It's arising and passing away. Observe this until it's clear and the mind will become firmly centered in this awareness. When it's aware, it lets go. Boom. Thank you, Jill. Um, we have Melanie next. I think people can't unmute themselves, so one of the managers could click on ask them to unmute. Hi, Happy New Year. Melanie, Happy New Year. <clears throat> um, uh, I did a couple of retreats and uh, only two in person. <laughs> and um, every time, every, every, every time I, I met a lot of resistance. I mean by that uh i don't i don't want to it's so like um contradictory like i'm registering to do the retreat because i want to do it and but every like almost every time oh no i don't want to walk i don't want to i don't want to go sit i don't want to listen oh i'm bored and um and and this this particular retreat was even more challenging than the others and even even i wanted to ask, ask the question i needed to really take to um uh, be aware of my question because the first impulse was but why <laughs> and i mean i know it's not really important why but would the solution, because I listened to the other answer, would be just to take it to the body, or what mm -hmm. could, could I do? <laughs> it's Thank it's you. really it's asking a lot of energy to resist. Um, my I find myself pretty tired, yeah. like 
and I, I feel that I should be the opposite. Uh, it should be more energizing to do a retreat. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is anyone else tired? <laughs> yes. Can we see some nods, some thumbs up, some waves? It's like, um, and with walking meditation, how many people are actually doing it or like, yeah, I'll do it for a bit or, oh, I don't really want to walk right now. We have some little side smiles and nods happening. Melanie, you're not alone. This is normal. This is part of the practice. It's interesting that, you know, you started with a, you know, I want to go on the retreat. Can you say a little bit about, um, do you have a sense of why you want to go on a retreat in the first place? There's a two, there's a two portion of that answer. Mm -hmm. One of one of it is very shallow and great. I'm all about that. Yeah, and and I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit shy to to say it. It's, mm -hmm. uh, but part of me wants wants that people say oh wow you're doing retreat you're doing meditation i don't know why but there's right. a little piece yeah. of my ego there beautiful thank you uh, and 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 second um to practice i mean to, mm -hmm. to go deeper in uh in the spiritual practice and then and, and the knowing of mm -hmm. uh, Maybe not the knowing, but yeah, the mm -hmm. knowing of the mind and, and how it works and mm -hmm. yeah. You know, there could even be insight there. I so appreciate your, your honesty and forthrightness. Uh, it touches all of us and other folks were nodding. So again, you're not alone in that. Of Yes, it, even that idea, like not to dismiss that so lightly that, yeah, I want other people to think well of me that I'm going on a meditation retreat or that I'm a meditator and then oh what does that mean what's what does that look like what kind of person is that you know there might be more to explore there maybe oh it's someone who's you know will fill in the blanks calm or peaceful or wise or something something who knows so there's part of you, you know, even though it comes in that externalized form of wanting others to see us this way, it's part of us that we want to be this way. There's a wanting. Like, this right here is not good enough. <laughs> Let's get fixing. We want, you know, we want to be whatever, calm, peaceful, wise, a meditator. Okay, so let's spend some time maybe, you know, register for a retreat, follow that instinct. It is wise, it is skillful. And then spend some time reflecting a little more deeply. What do I really, what's my hope, my aspiration? 
What are my hidden intentions? And this is really what brings everyone to meditation. We'll talk a little bit more about it um, later. That dukkha, a dissatisfaction with how things are, particularly how I am, is what brings us all to meditation at some level. And to not judge that, but to use that as inspiration. When it comes to the actual time and retreat and the resistance to like, oh my gosh, why did I sign up for this? I don't even want to sit right now. I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to walk. Mm. Is to turn towards that. Feel how painful the aversion is. The not wanting. The not allowing ourselves that gift of practice, that gift of presence with ourselves, like feel the dukkha in that. Like it's it's not that the sitting is painful or the walking or the listening. It's the resistance to it, the aversion is what's so painful. And we can't push that away. We turn towards it like, oh honey, you don't like it? <laughs> it's hard. What's hard here? Hmm, showing up with myself? What is hard here? Hmm, being on someone else's schedule? Hmm, what's hard here? Just keep attending with compassion, compassion. What's hard here? What do you need? Asking ourselves, what what is it? We'll be talking more about compassion um, in our closing session and dukkha, but you know, turning towards it and asking, what do you need? Are we really going to be happier if we just, you know, stay in bed or do something else or do some online shopping? Or are we going to be happier? to come to the practice and then say, what do you need now? Do you want to rest? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to have some food? You know, so it's compassion response. Keep signing up, just do it. Just do it and, and then work with it. Yeah. Thank you, Jill. Mm. I'm glad you're here, Melanie. Jill, there are two more uh, people with their hands up and one question in chat. So, um, and Astrid is next. So time-wise, um, we might go a little bit into our walking meditation. So um, let's, let's uh, I'll also try to be more concise. <laughs> May it be so. Hi, Astrid. Hi, thank you. Um, I was I was actually listening last night to Rick Hansen. I don't know if um, maybe some of you might know um, the Pasna teacher and um, like longtime meditator, and he's a neuroscientist. 
And something kind of clicked for me around, this is just a reflection around um, like impermanence and what you're saying about the personal, I, me, and mine. Mm-hmm. And he was saying about just um, like a large, a large part of um, what we experience in our minds comes from like, rises like alongside culture. So like what the information we're taking in, the meanings that we make, um, like the residues of interactions with other people, the way we like frame our perspectives, um, um, our beliefs. And so um, like culture in the sense of like family, um, childhood experiences. And for me, like a lot of like, like for me, like intergenerational and even like environmental or like not, you know, national things that happen on a country level. So, um, so like you kind of just saying that really all of these things um, that for me seem so personal, you know, like my habits and my um, processes and my difficulties are actually just like a local expression of all of this like larger web. Um, and that was like, for me kind of really striking because it, it kind of, for me, kind of brought up a choice point of like, do I want to be like a local representative of like all these generations of unskillfulness and harm mm. you know, to myself and others? like shame, like intolerance, you know, because it's not mine. It's like really resulting from like all these sort of, you know, generations that like, I can't even fathom the time scale. So in a way it's like, well, my part is reinforcing all these, all these, the patterns that come up in me. So it's like, they'll arise, it's like, well, do I want to keep reinforcing the shame or do I want re- want to keep reinforcing the, um, you know, the judgment of myself and others, or can I drop it in this moment? Wow. You know? And it's like, it's that choice point of, can I drop this or do I want to reinforce this? And for me, that's where the agency is. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of just a big, quite a big, <laughs> kind of realization for me this is like just starting to percolate down um really thank you for this opportunity thank you for sharing that Astrid so beautifully uh re um offered here from how that insight landed in that cellular way of knowing like this is this is liberation this is liberating that freedom to see Yes, there is a self and it's conditioned by all these infinite forces, generations and generations and beyond grasping and controlling and pushing away. And yet in that moment of insight, it's like, oh, the choice point of, ah, wow. That couldn't be any more profound. Wow. Thank you. And okay, let's continue. Who's next? Um, we have Roland. Okay. 
Um, thank you and Happy New Year to everybody. Um, one of the things that I really appreciated in this retreat is the just the, I guess, I'll, I'll use the word permission to relax. <laughs> um, just in the first uh, in the first day, uh, it's kind of stayed with me because I'm very much of a doer and get caught in the in the doing and the and the being. And one of my teachers once said, uh, "Let the doing come from the being," mm-hmm. which I find uh, not easy to do because often when I'm doing things, I mean, I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing things, but then I want to be in the relaxation or the not doing. And then when I'm not in the not doing, I'm restless and I want to be doing things. So I'm caught, always caught wanting to be on the other side of the fence. Uh, so I, I don't know if I have a question in that, but I don't know if you have any. Well, it sounds very much like what Cynthia, uh, pardon me, what somebody else was asking in the chat question about doing and being. And, and seeing these as different things. And w- what does it mean to be while doing? To be embodied, to be present, compassionate, mindful while we're doing. These are, these are not separate. They don't need to be separate. You know, as Richard Wagamese was, I think I shared the quote about washing dishes, doing the household chores from this place of beingness, embodiedness, wisdom and compassion. Does that resonate, Roland? Um, Yes, and um, one seems to take over on the other in an unbalanced way. Okay. So just watch that point. When you notice momentum has taken over, habit has taken over, busyness, uh, doingness, you know, has, what does it feel like? Again, this is mindfulness of body. Can I feel when I've abandoned the, the present moment? Remember we started with the Harvard study of, um, yeah, the words are slipping now. Um, yeah, to feel when that happens. And then just a breath, just with one aware moment, we begin again. We've, we've, have we abandoned our body, heart, mind in the present moment and just gone into doing this? Can we feel when that's happened? And then as soon as that noticing happens, Ah, we begin again and we continue. Just like in your meditation practice. The mind picks up, noticing happens, we begin again. Same thing in daily life. Formal practice is just the laboratory the for the daily life. Thank you. Okay. Um Jill, there's a, a question in chat as well mm-hmm. that's been waiting for a bit. Um, is that okay to read that one? Sure. Okay. Um, and so my mind goes to a pattern of loss and grief. Should I just keep bringing it back to the body or let myself feel my tears and then go on? Mm. Uh. 
that's a bit of a deeper question that um, would be really helpful to have like some more time with a teacher to have a little more fleshing out about what's skillful there depending on how how uh, big the grief is that's it so in short I would say <clears throat> titration we're to allow ourselves to touch the grief this the oh this is here mm, and maybe it needs a touch some tender attention this is hard and sad you know for a few few breaths and then and right now we're going to rest with this walking or this breath or whatever other anchor you're working with so it's hard to say because I don't know the fullness of the situation but I would say it seems to me that just when it's arising it's like a we'll compare it to a pain sensation in the body when it arises the first is just noticing ah that's pulling my attention and then we rest again with our anchor the second time it arises um, we can let go of the anchor and then just explore oh it's like this it feels like this this is hard may i be kind may i be gentle may i have some ease with this may i be tender with myself you know so some time with that and then back to the anchor that's what just in brief but um it might be something that's helpful to have a, a longer conversation with a teacher about um, just to get a fuller picture okay friends uh, I'd like to just take a few minutes here Elizabeth is going to share some notes with us before we um, do our walking meditation that we all love so much Thank Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, Roland, were you going to say something? No, it's okay. We'll go ahead with Elizabeth. Thanks. Um, uh, Jill, we have uh, one more question in the chat, and uh, Arlene had her hand up. Uh, what do you recommend? Um, Arlene, if you could just make a note about that, and, and we'll come back to that in with our next uh, gathering here together and I'll, I'll address uh, the one in the chat as well when we come back. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.